welcome to Everything is Television, our podcast about television shows. <laughs> uh, my name is Justin Blizzard. I'm joined by Keith Krepko and Rob Adams. And we're going to be talking about Preacher, the new AMC series. This is just going to be a little bit of a warm-up episode, sort of test the waters, see where everyone's at. Um, but Rob, you have been a big fan of Preacher. It's getting a lot of, from what I've read for the most part, it's getting a lot of good buzz. Um, we've been looking for a good show to talk about. So Rob, you read all of the comics when they first came out? Yeah, I read them back in the 90s as they came out. I was in high school. Um, was really deep into Vertigo at that point, reading all the Vertigo series. And this came out and it kind of just like kicked me in the face. It was uh, pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, at that point, it was kind of like a perfect storm for me. It was it was macho. It was dirty. It was, you know, they had cuss words and blood and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I, I really I remember really enjoying it, um, read it as it came out and then haven't thought about it in the longest time. What was your what was your age range when it first came out? You don't have to be specific. I was 16, 17. OK, something like that. So I, I imagine that most 17 year olds would like it. I mean, I think I liked it better then than I did when I'm, I'm rereading as I'm rereading it now. It's kind of horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's funny because. My, I'm remembering my experience like you. I had a similar experience with comic books as I did with anime when I tried to watch anime a few years ago, which was I ended up falling in the deep end and not easing myself into it. And I remember <laughs> Preacher was one of the first comics I ever picked up. Oh, yeah. And I remember getting like three of the issues and throwing them away because I just, I, I didn't know what I was looking at and it just made me feel weird. I knew my parents would be upset with me if they ever uh. found it. And I was a little younger than you when it came out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that was my introduction to pre preacher basically scared me off comics. Um, until I found Alan Moore later on then I came back to it. So Alan Moore, he did um, a Swamp Thing run for Vertigo. Vertigo mm -hmm. was an imprint of DC Comics. Yeah. It was mature titles. Um whether it was mature like this because it had bad words, or it was mature like Sandman because it had, you know, difficult Sand. stories. <laughs> Sand sure. <laughs> right. Um so of course you read all the I don't know, the superhero stuff, but Vertigo was kind of like for it, it seemed off the beaten path. You know, this is the nineties. They're sure there were the, um, independent books, but to m mainstream kids, this seemed independent. If that makes sense. That, that makes sense. This is like, it's, so this was when it first came out kind of like the people who claim to love comics, but not really love comics. This is like their art house. Like this is like an everyone's wheelhouse of like, to prove how much they love comics, they're like, yeah, I read Preacher. Well, not necessarily Preacher, but Vertigo. And that, oh, okay, and that, just Vertigo. Right, okay. and that's where Preacher came from. Um, okay. I'm a Garth Ennis fan. I liked his work in Preacher. I liked the work he did in Hellblazer. Hellblazer's a much, much better comic. Um, still holds up to this day. 
Um, he did a, a really funny series, um, which was less less dirty, called um, Hitman. And there was a there was a demon in Hitman, and his name was Bader. And he he just ran around. And he called himself Bader all the time. It was really really funny. And over the course of several issues. You know, they, they build and they build and they build this joke until they eventually they call him master and he get, right. and he gets this great name. And that, that's the kind of humor we're dealing with here. Um, he also did a pretty good run with the Punisher. So it was kind of like gory, gross, um, like dirt. long, long form masturbation jokes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. That's what we're dealing with here with Garth Ennis and Preacher. I don't know how they're going to do that on television on what this is considered basic cable. Right. I mean, I, I know the walking dead that they, they do the gore all the time, but how are they going to do this show? Well, I I'm, I'm interested, you know, I think we're all rereading the comics and you kind of mentioned it going back at a, you know, much older age, you read some of this stuff and you cringe I just finished the uh, the Hunters kind of run of four stories that they did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is like, and I don't think it's reading it through 2016 glasses, but it's pretty retrograde. You know, it's, it's pretty homophobic and, you know, a big, um, for a big chunk, it's a guy who basically gets raped by another man and now thinks that he's gay because of it and saying things like now when people sit for a week or you know what i mean it's just really retrograde basic you know homophobic but humor but is that see and i haven't read that part yet or that storyline yet is that are they bad guys because the thing that i've noticed is that all of the sort of uh politically incorrect now language is coming from bad people like the main characters aren't saying anything like that i think there may have been one instance that i can kind of vaguely remember from the beginning but like an exchange between jesse and cassidy i don't really remember it that well but mm-hmm. but for the most part to me it's felt like yeah this language is frowned upon now but it's still like these are still bad characters saying it well there was a specific scene where jesse's talking to john that's right yeah yeah that's right and john wayne is like he calls him a sissy but you know much differently and it's used at like in a specific manner to to basically call him you know say that he's not a tough guy and and why yeah to, to like motivate him and in that in that specific sense, John Wayne's not the bad guy. The what what Keith is talking about, Star, he's absolutely the villain. Yeah. And the and the stuff that they're doing with him, they're they're doing yes, he's a villain, he's saying terrible things, but they're doing it to be funny. Right. And th- but that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The joke isn't funny. Right. Like it's just it's these two guys who are sexual investigators that don't I don't even know what that means and what mm-hmm. that does. It just seems like a funny title that they thought of, but they don't really know what it means. And they, and yeah, you know, they, they basically 
in in terms of the comic, a lot of times they bugger this this man, and then it's him kind of dealing with it in like a like a comedic way from there. But the but the joke is basically like nudge not uh, mm-hmm. this guy you know had sex with another dude and didn't plan on it. Right. That's so funny. And and then there's a long talk that Jesse has with Tulip about her being how he wants her to stay out of a fight, how he knows that she's empowered and all this other stuff, but you know, it's going to get dangerous and he's going to have to do some things that he, and he wants her to be safe. And it, and it just boiling it down. It just seemed a little like meathead philosophy, like somebody who, who is still basically kind of misogynist and, but knows enough to be like, to, to say, like, I'm not a misogynist before they say they're misogyny. You know what I mean? It's that mm-hmm. kind of insight. I'm you not racist, like, but. Exactly. Right. It's, it's kind of that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, these guys, I think they know what they're saying. But at their core, they're still just like a bunch of dudes just letting it rip mm-hmm. in this comic book. And, and some of it is just like that. I know that you guys are giggling like you know 12 year olds at this stuff but i can't anymore you know what i mean i just well the one part i i i don't know do you think they're going to translate that into the show one part i thought was funny was where he when he parked his bike in the dude's butt i when he parked I, that's funny <laughs> i i still thought that was funny um with jesus Desaad, you know that character strange yeah J- um, justin hasn't gotten there yet okay think. no i haven't but it sounds funny um <laughs> <laughs> It's very it reminds me of that. Did you see the video, the video from a few years ago where guys are throwing thin laptops and catching them with their butt? The butts, that's yeah. funny. Okay, that's true. <laughs> I don't know that any of this is going to make it into the show. And what is going to be missing if they if they cut all that out? That that I'm not sure of. Um, I read an article today. I think it was on The Verge, and it basically said they did. They don't go far enough. And we haven't seen anything yet, so we don't know how far, what exactly they're going to do. Um, I, I assume that they're not talking about this specific, you know, the, the homophobic stuff, that, that that's not what they want to go far enough. But maybe some of the other edgy jokes, I'm not sure. I, Justin, do you think they're going to bring this stuff in? No, I, I think it'll all be left out or, or written out for them for the most part. And it, it's interesting you bring up the, the the impression I got from that Verge article because I think I read the same thing was that they felt that the I, the impression I got was that they thought the first four episodes, which is what all of the reviewers are talking about now, was boring. Or were they just saying it doesn't go far enough in that it just is kind of safe? Preacher can't be safe. That that's why yeah. I'm worried. Um, yeah, it needs to push the envelope. It doesn't need to push those envelopes. Not necessarily, but it does need to push. Um, Hugo Root's going to be in it. You know, he is a terrible racist villain. Um, not sure how far they're going to push him. And he, you've both read this part. You know, terrible to his son, um, yeah. Ars face, and. I feel I get the impression that he's going to be a bigger part of the show than he was at least early on in the comic. Well, yeah. And is he going out the same way in the show as he did in the 
That's true. In the comic, because that that goes a long yeah, way. If, if if that's the only, if that's the big <laughs> reveal you have of of a shocking moment, you you did it. Um, what what do you guys think? So, I, I was thinking of corollaries for this show, because you know you we're, we're kind of talking about like what do we think they're gonna go for, and the thing that I ended up thinking about that I wanted it to be like this is this is probably my 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 loftiest expectation and hope for the show is that it kind of plays like true romance. Did you ever see that movie? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think see I think true romance is a movie that balances a love it's at its heart, it's a love story. But it involves these, you know, gross, disgusting shootouts, these terrifying villains. Um and it has multiple bloodbaths in it in a way though that doesn't distract from the from the romance at the heart of it and they end up selling it i think i i believed in those characters and wanted them to be together and i think preacher you know the the tightrope that you're walking is to go either too far in the shocking material and you lose any relationship to characters that you can care about and the other side is that you maybe play it too safe you know but I think True Romance, I don't know if you guys have a quick hot take on that film, but I thought True Romance played it perfectly down the center uh, in terms of, of using those two extremes to tell a story. Based on some of the reviews that I've read, it seems like we, we're not going to get that connection between the, the three main characters other than that they are the three main characters that we might not get that building that True Romance had that you're looking for. Because hmm. uh, that is the build of the comics. Yes. Um, I think it, it may have been that review or another review that I read that really talked about the three people, the, those three characters are in the show because they're from the comic, not necessarily because they are creating a, like a bond with them. Um, hmm. And it even mentioned... Um, a drinking game where you would ask yourself, why is Jesse and Cassidy even hanging out? You know, what's the deal? And I remember, you know, we're rereading it now early on. You can see some of that. Um, but if if they don't play it right and they don't mesh and we don't like them, then that's going to go a long way for, you know, maybe not making the show so great. What do you think, Justin? Uh, th- that was actually... Reading the comic, I you know I I've never read it before, so I have no attachment to it. So I'm just now reading it, kind of rushing through it for the first time, and I'm trying to, and I, and I think it's sort of the uh, the same sort of dilemma you deal with anything that's being adapted into a TV show or movie. It's like what I'm reading the comic, I'm enjoying it on some levels. How do I? want to see this translated into a TV show? Do I want a faithful retelling mm-hmm. of the comic? Do I want the, do I just want to see the characters on screen and then have them sort of uh, tell a different story as long as it's faithful 
to the what that character's sort of archetype is. Um, and it sounds like from what Rob is saying and from what the reviewers are saying is, is they're doing the latter, where they're just taking these characters and more or less telling the story they want to tell. And the only thing they're beholden to is the characters, not the storylines. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the Walking Dead problem? Um, you guys don't watch Walking Dead anymore. Is that, is that right? Well, I, yeah, I, I'm all caught up as of two seasons ago when I finally had enough of it. And we've read the first six yeah, volumes. I watched the first season and I read the first collected eight hardbacks. Right. And then I stopped. I stopped at issue 100 uh, because my favorite character was taken out and just stopped reading at that point. But having read that much, and then as the seasons go, they they do have some some of their own ideas, but then they keep going back and like lazily taking the storylines from the comics. And maybe they learn the lesson from Walking Dead to not just just take those those stories maybe they're going to take all right some of the ideas and then go go with it another way so maybe what i don't want is a faithful representation even though i came starting this podcast you know a half an hour ago wanting a faithful representation right (laughs) and maybe after the first episode we'll change again (laughs) because (laughs) we'll see what they're giving us we're going to want something else yeah something we didn't hit on at all was the religious stuff very heavy handed on the not irreligious, but sacrilegious. I mean, there's some real strange stuff in there. Um, that's something that, that they can push a little bit further, I think on TV mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. that's where they're going to get offensive and that's where they're mm-hmm. going to try and get their, get their hype. Right. Well, I, and what always interests me in sacrilegious material is how much because i mean here's the thing like to truly satirize something i think in some ways you have to love that thing or else it's just mockery you know and mockery and that kind of goes back to a discussion that Justin and i had on our other podcast about um about what was it again why am i some sarcasm of the what word did he use in the article? The of the oh, American uh, liberal. It starts with an S. It starts with an S. It's not it. sarcasm. American liberal smugness. 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 Oh man, Rob, that's why you're here. Um <laughs> so it's 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 smug when you don't love the thing that you're satirizing, you know? But I think what speaks to me most is, especially when it comes to religious material, how far have the people gone in trying to understand the thing that they are satirizing, you know? And I'm usually clued in, and and that's where I can take uh, any satirization of, of, spirituality is when somebody does take it seriously and i'm hoping because i think preacher i think i think the comics they they kind of make it clear that they're not interested in appealing to any sort of faith base 
at all. Mm-hmm. But that that the theology holds up to a certain extent if you were to kind of go back to the root beliefs that there that there are things there that they are discussing that they're teasing out, you know. I wish there's a little more in the comic as I'm getting further into it, but I hope the show does take Christianity seriously so it can satirize it in a constructive way and not just go for easy mockery. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Uh, I worry that it'll be more on the mockery side than the the smart, intelligent satirizing. Yeah, side. I don't think um, Seth Rogen and his buddy are too worried about mocking religion. But I, but I would say that every description of the comic and of the show includes a man's search for God, you know, more or less that paraphrase somewhere. So it seems like the, at least the comics, the, the comic was designed to sort of analyze that. Right. And, and and that's where I think it's careful to say that, you know, you, you need to be, or, or I don't want to say that material is too lowbrow to handle deeper considerations. I mean, that that's some of my favorite stuff. And I think some of the, the best, I mean, even if you look at some of the best literature, like I love Catch-22. You know, Catch-22, I think, is ridiculous in a, in a lot of ways, but it really takes seriously some some questions. There's a, there's a movie that's coming out that I'm very excited for called um, Swiss Army Man, which is basically being marketed as like a a farting corpse movie <laughs> where Daniel Radcliffe plays a corpse that farts a lot. But when you watch... And has magical powers. And has magical powers and can point the way home with a boner, apparently. It, which, which also makes me think of like Thomas Pinchon, like Gravity's Rainbow. Like that book blew my mind in a lot of ways, but it was about a man who whose boners foretold of like incoming bombs and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like, like it's this mixture of lowbrow and highbrow consideration that I am drawn to that I'm, I'm very, it, it, it speaks to me. And I hope that preacher that they do see the value in, in sliding in some deeper considerations because I think, I think the material can, can, I think the material can handle it if they want to put it in there or if they just want to go for, you know, the, the, like, like a long form masturbation joke, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to review the show that's there. I'm going to deal with the show that's there. But, but if we're talking about my, my hopes, I definitely hope that they, that they take seriously the questions that this material brings up and, and deal with it in certain at certain moments. One thing I'm um, kind of worried about, and I have no evidence to, or I have, I have nothing to point to, to be worried about this other than the trend that I feel a lot of television shows are following like game of Thrones and, uh, the walking dead. Mm. And, and and I guess it's, it's, it's some things that I think the comic lends itself to a little bit is I'm afraid it's going to become a show whose main talking point is 
you don't know what character is going to die next. You know what I mean? Right. This sort of like misery. We don't have any sort of emotional attachment to any of these characters could go at any minute. You know what I mean? That has kind of gotten a little exhausting to me. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped reading Game of Thrones. And it's also one of the reasons why I stopped reading The Walking Dead. And so, and I've seen hints of that throughout this, through, through, throughout what I've read of the comic. And so I'm a little concerned that it's going to go down that path. Do either of you guys get that feeling at all? Well, the show, the, the comic's an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. Um, but as far as main characters, um, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm on IMDb and I'm looking and many of these people are in 10 episodes. So yeah. I have, and there are characters in 10 episodes worth that wouldn't necessarily be even in 10 issues of the comic. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely going a different way. Um, maybe that'll start season two. There are some, there's some characters that, that when they show up, they need to die for sure. But it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't seem like we're going to have those storylines at least season one, if ever. Um, I, I'd hate to it for it to become a Walking Dead type series where season two, okay, well now we're gonna do these storylines, and season three we're gonna do these storylines, you know, mm-hmm. straight from the comics. Right. Um, I, I'm really starting to feel like I want them to take the the basic. All right, Jesse's looking for God, literally, actually looking for God, and um, you know, let's explore that a bit. Well, the the comic has already used resurrection. How do you feel about that, Justin? Like, not just characters being killed. How would you feel about killed and then brought back? Yeah. That's going to be the lamest cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> well, we well, we just got it in Game of Thrones, you know? It's yeah. just like, <laughs> and True Detective. <laughs> and tr- Well, right? yeah, and Leftovers. Yeah. So, it, 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 I don't know. I guess because... It's in the comics. It's 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 settled so immediately that you're not like you're not spending issues thinking. Mm. You turn a page, right? You turn a page, right? And it's and you know what happens. You're so you're not spending issues th- like thinking this person is dead, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, they're back. So I guess because of that, it seems it, it's definitely purposeful, and it doesn't necessarily seem like. I guess to me it speaks more to the reality of what it's sort of like in the comic at least it's it's not you're not questioning whether or not God is real in the comic God is real right, right. and he's brought in somebody back to life um so I guess it it answers more questions than it left for me so mm-hmm. I guess I liked it ultimately it did I mean, the 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 pure concept of it bugged me, but when you <laughs> when I think about it and when I talk it through, it makes sense. You know what I mean? So right. on like an emotional level, I was just kind of like, ah, that's cheap. But then rationalizing it, I I it's fine. Right. As far as it, it makes sense in the world. Yeah. As far as what we expect from the show, um, how do you in a like a visual format? How do you? separate the word from just basic speech turn his eyes red 
You think so? Like in the comic? <laughs> just they ba- Maybe he I, they, does like a Batman voice. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they don't do his eyes red. Like, it it, it has to be. It, it I is, mean, if it's subtle. Um, and you th- I don't know. I don't know how you make subtle eyes red translate <laughs> on the screen. I don't know. And do you think we get that first episode? Um, you know, I, well, it's, it's interesting because Justin is kind of scared of a walking dead syndrome. I'm more scared of a sin city syndrome where you have miserableism in terms of every new encounter introduces more abilities to introduce miserable people in miserable situations. So in the comics, when you get this tease and this lead up to why did Jesse leave Tulip and he finally tells her and he basically tells her his whole childhood, it's basically just like, what? not what's the most screwed up thing you can think of. What are 10? Mm-hmm. And then let's put all 10 of those. Mm-hmm in his childhood and and have that be the basis of our character and i just don't know that i want to see it's kind of like the game of thrones thing too where you just have this character ramsey that they're trying to set up as a bad guy and so you literally spend a whole season watching him torture somebody bolton ramsey mm-hmm. he is ramsey a bad bolton. guy right no no ramsey no bolton? yeah that's what i'm saying um but but he just like wait is ramsey the father see i'm i'm missing my mm-hmm. my, my, my characters but uh Roos, Roos, no, Roos is, yeah, Ramsey, Ramsey, yeah. Well, he basically tortures a character for a whole mm-hmm. season of Game of Thrones. And I don't, I don't want that. And that kind of goes back to like, like the word, how far back are they going to go to establish the character? Like, where, where do you think they're, they're going to pick this up in? Because the comics pretty much, the church thing happens and then he knows he has the word. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no finding your power. The, the, the well, I can remember yeah, the comic he book. he, he just, sort of figures it out because the Genesis thing is in his head, speaking to him. Right. And eventually, he works it out. I guess. Right. And, and to me, that all feels like episode one, unless you want to dance around that happening and take us back to his miserablest child. You know what I mean? Like, I, do do you think you could see episode one starting? Are we going to start in the church? right when genesis comes or do you could you see it starting with jesse as a kid with his one-eyed um i don't think single family tree friend i don't think we're getting any angelville in um season one right he a a little boy wasn't on the cast list right right none of that stuff was like tc's not they cast a one-eyed mutant in the first season (laughs) exactly (laughs) maybe that's why they couldn't do it they just couldn't they they were like look we tried to find a one-eyed mutant they're really hard to find uh maybe next season we're we're gonna keep looking right and that and that's my fear my fear is that next season is okay jody tc grandma one-eyed boy i forget his name grandma has to happen Grandma has to, uh, grandma's too. Yeah. See, I think that stuff to me, it just feels so extreme. I just don't know how that would work on a television show. But like, it's one thing to have it in a comic, mm -hmm. 
But to have that played out, how it plays out in the comic, beat for beat, I just don't see that working for. Well, no, TV. yeah, there, yeah, there's there's things that they can't include, but I think Grandma is a water cooler character. I mean, that's a character like like Arse Face. Like those are characters that are going to have people talking about your show the next day. Yeah, and and she she provides a, a compelling backstory. You know, she's the reason why he doesn't have. Uh, parents anymore and i mean i'm down if they're going to show as much cleavage on grandma as they show in the comics <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but if they're not going to go that far then they might as well just leave it all out <laughs> maybe that's the most outrageous thing that they if you really get get honest i mean maybe that is because you're right i'm i'm remembering some of the panels and i was like man they went a whole page on this just to get the depth mm-hmm do we know if this has a finite ending where they have like a five year plan? Well, that's or... something that's something I wanted to talk about because I'm not a huge um, comic reader. Most of the I, I haven't started really reading comics or graphic novels until the past couple of years. And for the most part, the ones I do read are like collected stories, more or less. They're like the series is over and it's sort of, it was a finite series. And so something that has um, kind of caught me off guard with this is that the preacher comic series is not telling it's structured more like a sort of uh, procedural television drama, right? Than it is the story of the preacher. Right, you're you're getting the story of the preacher, but you're also getting a serial the, killer, story. the serial killer story or the hunter's story. So it's very serialized. You're getting a lot of sort of um, uh, tangents that the main characters then play into. It's almost like X Files. You could almost yeah. Say. And so that caught me off guard. I just wasn't expecting that, and that's probably just because I haven't grown up reading a lot of the superhero comics, which I imagine they do the same thing. So. I mean, I would say going into the show, I would I would want ideally, and I, this is probably what I would want from any television show. I want a planned out, finite beginning, middle, and end. This is the story we want to tell. This is exactly what we want to happen to our characters. And for the next three, four, five seasons, that's what you're going to watch. But I'm, especially given what the comics are, I would not be surprised if it was you know, here's the first three episodes are straight can preacher canon episodes. And then four, five, six. Now you start getting sort of these tangential characters, different storylines so they can have however many seasons they want until it's no no longer popular. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of something that I'm, uh, worried about. I don't know if it's something I need to be worried about. But. Well, they, they've got the writers from the comic on there, right, Rob? You're looking at IMDb. Yeah. Isn't Gar- Gareth... Uh, Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. Uh, you know, he's a writer on 10 episodes, right? He's involved. The um, artist Steve Dillon's involved. Sam Caitlin from Breaking Bad's involved. Um, good people. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that they, coming back to this material create stories that they want to tell you know it's it's not just a strict adaptation which which makes me feel better about it it's not like what alan moore 
what people do to Alan Moore's work all the time, which is like he's kicking and screaming off in a corner and they run, take his material and do, you know, V for Vendetta with it, mm-hmm. which I, I hated. Um, this one, though, I feel I'm, I'm hopeful that they do feel the ability to expand the story and not stick to the story of the of the comics. And I, I, I think they're I think they're set up to do that looking at the cast list too, because there are some identifiable people, but there's not as many as I thought there would be. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. It oh, seems also, like it's what, gonna be a much tighter story. Right what what do you think of um of the casting of Tulip? Well, I liked her a lot in Agents of Shield. She um she played this really cool character. Um it's it's jarring that she doesn't have blonde hair. But I like the actress, so I think she's going to Oh, she doesn't have blonde hair in the show? No. No, oh. she's, she's African-American in the show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's got, she's got big hair, just like Tulip did uh-huh. in the comic. Um, so originally it's like, but she doesn't have blonde hair. Right. But... um. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, she she is a great actress. I like, her, um, yeah. so I think she's going to be yeah. a great job, and um, she has the potential because I've seen it before. She can be a badass. So I mean, how do you know? Did you try to get an autograph and she threw you on the ground? Or? She was a villain in Agents of Shield season one. Oh, okay, thought you'd have a better story. Like you met her in person. Not a great just, story. <laughs> she curb stomped you, and <laughs> you're like. Oh. <laughs> You'll be great in Preacher. The only other note I had written down from the comics was that it opens by quoting a Willie Nelson song. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Oh, there you go. It's like a running thing throughout the first couple of pages, which is appropriate because it's, it's quoting um, Redheaded Stranger, which is an album, a concept album about a killer preacher. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A little tie in there. I, I wonder if they're going to get the rights. Cause that'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be great Just, to see that. Yeah, in the show. Yeah. If you start with the Willie Nelson song. So, I mean, I guess, I, I guess I agree with, I agree with you, Justin, in terms of, of hopes and expectations that I would like to see like a three, like maybe first three episodes holding pretty, pretty strictly to the comics to, to establish that world and to try and give people who are fans of the comics a little bit of reassurance. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, people get so upset with like playing to the fanboy culture of, of, a of something that was created or adapted. Yeah. But I, I think that there's an aspect of fan service that is expected and should be expected, you know, because people, if if a piece of art like this has been around for what it's been around 20 years now right i mean if it's made it 20 years you've got some people who love this so why not give them recognizable characters and storylines but after a while once you establish the world you please yes please go off because because then i think you know we've covered it here you're absolutely right when you get to um walking dead territory you know you just you you lose the momentum of your story when you got to bring in the governor and you got to send them to the prison, you know, all that stuff. And you have cliffhangers that, you know, you know, they, it takes exactly. months to come back, but you already know what's going to happen. Exactly. 
And then no one's interested in that. I have pretty high expectations for the show. Uh, good people are attached. I think um, the casting was pretty dead on. I think maybe Dominic Cooper is a little young for Jesse Custer. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I, I like that we're going to see um, Hugo Root. It's I think he's going to be a lot of fun to root against. Um, Arse Face, I think, can be... If he is like he is in the character, he's the sweetest, most sincere, positive person, you know, after his accident. And I think that they could they could use some of that like saccharine sweetness from him to kind of balance the the horrible violence and stuff that they're going to have. He's going to be subtitled, right? Well, exactly. I, I was going to say, so. how are they going to handle his mumbling? God, I hope so, because that, that's just going to be great. What is his origin story going to be? Because it's not going to be Nirvana. Why right? not? Well, I'm, I'm thinking if it's... First of all, if this show is taking place in modern day, it's too long ago. Right? Because the whole, po- the whole point was... And, and that's something I wanted to ask. When this came out... Kurt Cobain's suicide had to be. Is it modern day? It was relatively fresh. fresh. It was yeah. fresh. Yeah. It, it, but but is it mo- like you guys have seen more trailers? Or know. I think Rob, do you know? Is it set modern day? I, I don't, don't know. I'm it, not sure. I've watched one trailer, and there's nothing in the trailer that I remember seeing that made me think that it had to be. Modern I mean, day. it seems weird to me that it would be a 1991 period piece. But it, I mean, I, there's no reason why it couldn't be. Well, if they do make it modern day, then that ch- then they can't do some of their storylines. Like like if they all had ready access to cell phones, you know that yeah. that changes huge dynamics of the storyline that you can just translate. I did read they're setting it almost entirely in Anvil. That where instead of being a road trip film or road, oh, road yeah. trip series, it's going to be focused in Anvil, which it. How does he get away from the the church explosion if he's staying in that same place? I don't know how they're going to write that yeah. and figure that out. Um, but then they're going to have what like little like flashbacks or whatever to different areas. Um, but I, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I have very are high you, hopes. Are you excited, Justin? Yeah, I would say. Um, I would say. It's it's getting a uh, the the I would say this it's getting a lot of very good reviews. A lot of those reviews seem to be coming from sort of smaller fan servicey websites. I haven't really seen anything any big write ups from like the major outlets. There, there are a few yet. people that I follow on Twitter that I that I trust mm-hmm. who've seen it at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And they were all pretty excited about it. Yeah, so so I'm looking forward to it. I do like the idea that they take the characters and and update the stories, kind of, because as because the thing that I like about the comic is the characters and is I, I like the overall struggle where a lot of the writing and sort of the beat by beat stuff can be a little over the top for my taste. Mm-hmm. So I like that they're sort of taking the feel and taking the sort of the idea of the thing 
and they're going to try and treat it the best way they can. Well, wait for the hunters storyline in the comic. <laughs> that that like I I had to read quick at the end because I had to get that. And I need that bad taste washed out right. my mouth. Like, and I do like storyline. that they cast a a black woman as tulip tulip yeah because to me it shows that they're casting who they think plays the role the best right and they're not paying uh, attention to something like that which isn't i to me is not a huge deal now obviously i don't have a big attachment to the character and you're not racist right so (laughs) but to me it's like if you feel like she's playing the role the best then then great i'm glad that you're going to focus your concerns on other more important things hopefully Mm-hmm. Like getting arse face. I'm not <laughs> right. I'm not exactly. racist, but she doesn't have yellow hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, right. If you guys weren't doing this podcast and you weren't like focused in on it, would you, would it be on your radar? Would you have heard anything about it? Are you seeing hype in other places? I am. It would have been on mine, but I'm well established as the one who will see pretty much anything. Yeah, it would have been on my radar just because I I try and keep up with most news and pop culture stuff. Um, but I definitely would not be watching the show if it wasn't for the podcast. But that's just because I don't watch a lot of TV to begin with. So unless we're doing a podcast about it, I don't, don't watch, watch it, it unless it's Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really, really hope that we get to watch all 10 episodes together. Yeah, and po- if we and if we can get all ten together, <laughs> if we can do eleven twenty two sixty three, yeah, we can do anything. But you uh, fell off at could... the end. You missed like two of them. Uh, but we came back. Well, at no, the end. yeah, we watched them. We just had to stop recording. We couldn't couldn't do it. <laughs> right, uh, but but then we we did a wrap up. I was only watching because you were podcasting, and when you stopped, I stopped watching. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't blame you. That it, show was it got not bad. Good. Yeah. Ugh. It was bad. Yeah. So with that being said, we're going to um I'm I'm going to I'll release this show on both of our podcast feeds. And then um once the show the show has a weird schedule. So the the premiere is playing on Sunday Sunday night the twenty second at ten o'clock, right? And then the following week they're just repeating the first episode again at nine, and then the week after that they they'll continue the series. So it's so the show premieres one, on the twenty second at then ten. The second premiere, and at then nine. it skips a week, and then the second episode plays on, sure? at nine. I'm pretty sure that's what I read. But either way, what what we're going to try and do is watch the episode, and then we'll record this podcast right afterwards so hopefully it will be up late sunday night monday morning um and you can listen to it right away uh but you've been listening to everything is television you can follow the show on twitter we are at ei podcasts you can follow me on twitter i'm at blizzard with nine z's Hopefully Justin will do his uh, blurry background watch. Looking forward to it. Yeah, continue that on uh, (laughs) Preacher. Uh, I will be proven right. 
if anybody cares to look into it because that the the blurring on 112263 was insane insane making well well i'm excited to see what that's going to Rob, I almost feel like you and I should do a predictions on what Justin's obsession <laughs> will be um, in nitpicking Preacher. If it's not backgrounds, it'll probably be somebody's clothing. Um, all right, my name is Keith Krupko. I'm at Things Come Right. And I'm Rob Adams. I'm at Shiny underscore Rob. Uh, any other information you can get in our show notes which will show up in the description of the uh, podcast episode if you're using uh, any podcast app besides the default iOS podcast app. Or you can go to the website eipodcast.com and everything will be on there. Um, But I think that's all we've got. So we will see you in two weeks. Here I